0: What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Say Hey Podcast. I'm your host today, James Donahue, as I am for every show, so hopefully that's not a deal breaker for you. Folks, if this is your first time ever listening to the Say Hey Podcast, I just want to take this time to acknowledge that I appreciate that you went out of your way to kind of figure out what this is all about. Hopefully you like Giants baseball, because I don't talk about anything else on this show, and hopefully you hear something that you like. All right, let's go ahead and get right into it. So along with breaking down all the news that I have for you today, I'm also going to be grading the Giants front office and every move that they made during this offseason in order to build a stronger roster for the 2021 season. And the reason why I want to do this is because there were a lot of good moves made during this offseason. I want to make sure that we as Giants fans are fully up to date as possible and we understand which players are no longer on our team, but also more importantly, I want to acknowledge the players that will be on our roster during the 2021 season. And the last reason why I want to go over moves that were made during this past offseason is because in my opinion... I think it's important to acknowledge that the front office does in fact care about the Giants fan base, but also they do in fact care about constructing a team that's built for sustainable success. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the news and notes from around our team segment. All right, first and foremost, and this is probably the most popular news, Tuesday, February 16th the Giants signed Aaron Sanchez, a starting pitcher, to a one-year deal worth $4 million with an additional $2.5 million in incentives. For those of you who aren't the most familiar with Sanchez, he by far had the best year of his career in 2016. In that year, he produced a 15-2 record with a 3 ERA. He made the All-Star team and finished 7th in AL Cy Young voting. At that time, his pitching arsenal consisted of a wicked sinker that was around 95 miles per hour velocity, a four-seam fastball that was around the same velocity, a changeup, and a curveball that generated a 38% whiff rate. Now, like Alex Wood... Aaron Sanchez hasn't quite been the same since his prolific 2016 showcase due to injury. However, something tells me his chances of returning to such an effective form may have increased overnight here. In 2019, he was showing signs of maybe being able to return to the 2016 form, but ultimately at the end of the 2019 season, he had to have shoulder surgery to repair a torn shoulder capsule. Yikes, that sounds complicated. And did not pitch for the entirety of the 2020 season. However, recently, there have been reports of Sanchez reaching 95 to 98 miles per hour with his fastball. That's amazing news. At his peak, Sanchez, who's actually a former first-round pick, had a lot of movement on his pitches, but he also had a lot of velocity. He was very, very lethal. He just hasn't been healthy since his 2016 year. But the good news is that he's healthy now. So this is very exciting news because A, this helps add to the starting pitching depth that we talked about last week, and B, Sanchez is actually looking like another candidate who can have a resurgent year, especially if he maintains that 95 to 98 miles per hour velocity on his fastball. So at this point in time, the starting rotation should consist of Gosman, Johnny Cueto, Anthony Desclafani, Alex Wood, and either Logan Webb or Aaron Sanchez. I personally believe Sanchez has the stuff to surpass Cueto and Webb, but I also believe that he no doubt has the ability to be one of the most effective starters in this rotation. Me, yeah, I personally love this move and I'll explain why a little later after I go over the recent news. But along with Sanchez, the Giants also signed a few more players. One of them being Nick Tropiano. The Giants signed Tropiano to a minor league deal with an invite to training camp. But there are already whispers of him becoming a reliever who can take on a lot of innings. So, Nick Trepiano, he's a 30-year-old veteran. He posted a 1.15 ERA last year and struck out 10.91 batters per 9 innings in 15.2 innings of relief. So, as I just mentioned, 30-year-old veteran. He's been around the league for a while now. And during his time in the major leagues, he's had experience starting pitching and relief pitching. At this point in time, I don't see him being an option for the Giants to pivot to in the starting rotation. I personally see him as an option that can eat up a lot of innings as a reliever, which in my opinion is great because then Alex Wood can focus on being a starter and solely a starter because Wood also has a lot of experience being a reliever who can eat up a lot of innings. But I personally like Alex Wood as a starting pitcher. So this is great. He's not actually on the roster yet, but he got an invite to training camp. Nick Troppiano. All right, another pitcher that the Giants signed since we last talked was right-handed pitcher Shun Yamaguchi, who worked exclusively out of the bullpen last season for the Blue Jays, but the Giants actually signed him with the intent of viewing him as a starting pitcher option. So, what do we know about Shun Yamaguchi? Well... He's kind of a legend in Japan. Last year was his first year in the American Major Leagues, but he's 33 years old. He had an entire career in the Japan League, and he was actually quite dominating. So in 2019 in Japan, he posted a 2.78 ERA and struck out 194 batters and 181 innings. However, last year, his first year in the MLB, he produced an 8.06 ERA and 25.2 innings pitched, but struck out 9.12 batters per nine innings. He's got the stuff to get a lot of strikeouts. He's just not a pitcher who has high velocity, which, you know, 33 years old is kind of par the course at this point in in his career. But anyways, his fastball runs from 93 to 94 miles per hour, from what I've seen, kind of runs like a two-seamer. And at first glance, this move does not necessarily excite me, But then after I did a little more research, I saw with each one of his pitches, they all generated a high swing and miss percentage, or whiff percentage, higher than 25%. So like I said, he definitely has the stuff, especially with his slider and his curveball. Last season, opposing hitters swung and missed at his slider 35% of the time he threw that pitch, and 50% of the time he threw his curveball. But the problem was that he threw those pitches the least amount of time. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants encourage him to try to utilize those pitches more because of how effective they can be. You know, when I first saw the Aaron Sanchez signing, I personally thought that this was going to be the biggest project of the Farhan Zaidi era. But then I saw this signing, and my opinion completely changed. This, by far, will be the biggest project of the Farhan Zaidi era, and if there's anything left in this 30-year-old Japan legend, the Giants will know how to squeeze out every last bit of it. Alright, moving on to some news involving players that are already on the Giants. This is a tweet from Alex Pavlovic. Kapler said Caleb Berger will get stretched out as a starter this spring. That was his role in the minors. He can end up starting or relieving this year. A quote from Gabe Kapler. He has asked for and earned the opportunity to be evaluated as a starter. Alright. This is kind of interesting news. I, you know, I personally love Caleb Berger as a pitcher. And I think he can thrive in any situation he's put in. You know, along with that fastball that he threw, I think around 80% of the time last year, and it was extremely effective, he also has really effective off-speed stuff. And just like how Farhan appreciates defensive versatility, I'm sure he also appreciates pitchers that are flexible and can adapt to either being a starter or a reliever, depending on what they are asked of. All right, moving on to the next bit of news. This came as a shock to me, but also at the same time, It didn't really come as a shock to me. Trevor Gott, we know him all too well as Giants fans. He has been DFA'd. That's right, he's been cut. As a result of making the Aaron Sanchez deal, officially Sunday morning, the Giants designated Trevor Gott for assignment in order to clear a spot on the 40-man roster. You know, I honestly feel bad for the guy. But if you remember from last episode, I talked about how the Giants are not afraid to go out and get other pieces if they feel Gott doesn't have what it takes and it looks like they might have other options to pivot to. This was an easy move for the Giants because they now have the depth they once lacked just one season ago. But also, a new name within the system has emerged and recently has turned some heads almost immediately at the start of spring training. Mark Sanchez, who we all remember, a friend of the podcast and is also the beat writer that covers the Giants for KMBR, has tweeted out, quote, Guys who have impressed Joey Bart, Gosman, Jake McGee, and Sam Long, a lefty non-roster invite Kapler has referenced to. Long has been turning some heads in just a few bullpens. He's got some good stuff, and he's a really good dude. All right, that's a bonus. You know, along with being a great baseball player, you're a good dude. We like having good dudes on the Giants. Anyways, Kapler again brought up Sam Long, who continues to impress, continues to look like a guy who has a chance to be a major league starter at some point. Kapler said Posey was pretty impressed by his stuff and his ability to attack the strike zone. So it sounds like Sam Long is impressing a lot of important people and might even have the ability to make the big leagues this year. And to sum up everything I'm trying to say here, it seems like the Giants are deep enough to where they can afford letting go of a reliever like Trevor Gott. All right, that is all the immediate news that I have regarding the pitchers. Moving on to some news that involves the position players. All right. Donovan Solano has lost his arbitration hearing against the Giants. So instead of making $3.9 million, which is the amount he filed for, Solano will instead be making $3.25 million. You know, it's not really crazy news. It's not really important news. What's important is that Solano will be playing for the Giants. And me, personally, I don't really understand why this su- surprises a lot of people, to be honest. Because, yes, even though Solano received the Silver Slugger Award, he also led the National League in errors with 11. Now, since there isn't going to be a DH this year in the National League, and since the Giants now have a crowded infield with Wilmer Flores, Tommy Lestella, and Mauricio Dubon all looking for playing time as well, it seems as though that the Giants weren't willing to pay a little extra for a player that showcases below average defense and may not be playing every day because of how much depth the team has now. Something I don't want to happen is that you misunderstand what I'm saying. I love Solano. There's no argument that he was the most consistent and most valuable hitter in the lineup last year, especially since he hit lefties and righties. However, he is 33 years old, and if he doesn't figure out how to improve his defense, then, like Trevor Gott, I have a feeling the Giants won't have a hard time pivoting to other options. Alright, the last bit of news that I have is that Kirk Casale, the backup catcher the Giants just acquired this offseason, had surgery in December on his hammet bone, which is a bone in your hand, I guess. I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but expects to be ready for opening day. Yeah, all right. Just a check-in on Kirk Casale. This is awesome. Oh, wait. Sorry, I lied. Well, this isn't news, what I'm about to say, but, you know, in my opinion, I think it's important to address at this point where the Giants stand with Jake Odorizzi, because along with the recent signings of Sanchez and Yamaguchi, and also the recent news of Barriger possibly being stretched out and having a shot at becoming a starter. It sounds like the Giants, from now until the season starts, are going to be content with what they have, whether it's their cheaper arms or looking towards internal options within their system. And what I'm trying to refer to is that it sounds like they are comfortable with moving on or moving forward without Jake Odorizzi. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Odorizzi and I would be completely overjoyed to see him wear a Giants uniform, but I'm just reading into what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing. If the Giants really wanted Odorizzi so bad, I don't really understand why they would wait this long in order to acquire him, and I wouldn't really understand why they would be trying to look towards other options that they already have to convert them into starting pitchers. I've heard rumors that Odorizzi is looking for a three-year contract right now, which is tough to commit to considering a market that's been severely affected by COVID-19. And that's the same case for Jackie Bradley Jr. I heard a rumor that he's seeking a deal that's at least four years, and we have now seen that the Giants are willing to pivot from him as well. Like I said, I love Jake Odorizzi. I want nothing but the best for him, especially if that means him being in a Giants uniform but I personally think it's time to prepare ourselves to not see him in a Giants uniform this year. It seems as though that the Giants would much rather continue to go after low-cost, high-upside options like they did with signing Aaron Sanchez. All right, that is going to be all for the news and notes from around our team segment. It was a lot, but, you know, spring training has started and there's a lot to talk about. Moving on to our next segment, and that is me grading the off-season moves by the Giants front office. Now let's go ahead and start with the relief pitchers that were acquired, Matt Whistler and Jake McGee. In my opinion, these two pitchers have a chance to become some of the most effective relief pitchers in this bullpen, along with Reyes Maranta. Remember, Matt Whistler produced a 1.07 ERA last season, and opponents can only produce a 143 batting average against his slider, which he threw 83% of the time last year. And like we recently talked about, the left-handed Jake McGee does his damage on the field by the way of his fastball, which he threw 96% of the time last season. These two veterans will add much-needed stability to this revamped bullpen and provide Gabe Kapler with much more reliable options in intense situations. Another pitcher that the Giants acquired is John Brebbia. He has officially been placed on the 60-day disabled list due to recovering from Tommy John surgery, but as we've talked about before on this show... During his time in a Cardinals uniform from the years 2017 through 2019, Brebbia did not produce an ERA higher than 3.59, and during the 2018 and 2019 seasons, Brebbia was striking out more than 10 batters per 9 innings. The last relief pitcher that the Giants have acquired in this offseason is a name that I've already mentioned this show, and it's Nick Tropiano. This addition gives the coaching staff a lot of flexibility because along with becoming an effective reliever, Tropiano has major league experience as a starter, which means he can eat up a lot of innings if necessary. And like I've already mentioned, I like this because this allows Alex Wood to solely focus on being a starter for the entire season. So after assessing all of these relief pitchers, I'm going to go ahead and give the front office an A+. I know it's high, it's the highest grade you can give, and maybe it's a little biased, But I'm personally just excited that the Giants now have a lot of reliable options they can count on late in innings. Which, if you were watching a lot of games last season, late innings were the Achilles heel of this team. So I'm personally excited to see a lot more stability. Alright, moving on to another option. Backup catcher. This will be the quickest and easiest grading. The Giants signed Kurt Casali. And as far as backup catchers go, this was probably by far the best option on the market for the Giants. Because along with being well-versed in the new style of framing pitches, Kirk Casale is also extremely comfortable with pitchers such as Anthony Descafani, Alex Wood, Kevin Gosman, and Wendy Peralta, and Matt Whistler from their shared time together in a Reds uniform. You can make an argument this was the most obvious option on the market during this offseason, and because of that, I'm going to go ahead and give the front office another A+. I know, extremely biased of me. Don't worry, I'm not going to be giving out A-pluses all day because now we're moving on to left-handed hitters. Now, although I still have high hopes for the left-handed bats the Giants acquired this offseason, I personally still feel like the Giants missed out on a huge opportunity to sign outfielder David Dahl. I was surprised to see the Rockies cut him considering that he has the ability to produce a 300-plus batting average and hit 20-plus home runs. Early in the offseason, the Rangers signed Dahl to a one-year deal worth $3 million, which is insanely cheap for a high upside player. But as I just said, I also like the upside of Jason Vossler, Tommy Lastella, and Lamont Wade Jr. Let's start with Vossler. If we look at his numbers, we can see that he hit 20 homers and produced a .291 batting average in 2019 and a .300 batting average against right-handed pitching in AAA. Vossler also managed to hit 20 homers in 2017 and 2018 as well. I'm excited to see what he brings to the team and we as Giants fans should not be worried about the depth at the corners because now along with Vossler, the Giants also signed Tommy Lestella, who can play every position in the infield besides catcher. Speaking of Lestella, fortunately for the Giants, he brings more to the team than defensive versatility. He has also proven he can be an effective hitter if given the opportunity to play enough games, as we saw in 2019 when he hit 16 homers and produced a 295 batting average. Lastella also does not strike out, which is just another reason why Giants front office needed him to be on the team. It'll be exciting to see all the pieces of the infield come together and fluctuate on a daily basis because Lastella will be right in the heart of all the daily transitions. Moving on to the last left-handed bat the Giants acquired, but this time via trade, and that's going to be Lamont Wade Jr. Now, I personally apologize for mentioning Wade Jr.'s name so much on this show, but I'm just excited the Giants were able to add another cheap option to their depth instead of giving the bank to Jackie Bradley Jr. for four years. As I've said countless times on this podcast, there are a lot of things about Lamont Wade Jr.'s game that has yet to be tapped into, including his power. I know it's hard to see now because of the little information we have to inspect from his Major League experience, but I truly believe Wade Jr. has landed in the perfect spot to help capitalize on his talents and reach his true potential. So even though I do like the left-handed options that the front office went out and acquired, I still personally felt like David Dahl would have been a perfect fit. For this reason, I'm going to go ahead and give the front office a B+. All right, the last area I'm going to give a grade to is starting pitching. Now, here are the three big names I'm going to focus on. Anthony DeScofani, Alex Wood, and Aaron Sanchez. When I think of this trio, I can't help but get excited about the overwhelming amount of upside these three rotation pieces bring to the Giants. Something all three of these pitchers have in common are the injuries they have dealt with recently in their careers. But something else they also have in common Is they are extremely effective when healthy. In 2019, Desclafani produced a 3.89 ERA and struck out 167 batters in 166.2 innings pitched. However, he only pitched 33 innings in 2020 due to back injuries, but still somehow managed to produce the highest average fastball velocity of his career, which was 95 miles per hour. Desclafani also has a suppressing slider that generated a 190 batting average from opposing hitters in 2020. In my opinion, Descalfani has enough in his tool belt to become a frontline rotation piece. In 2017, Alex Wood finished the season with a 16-3 record and a 2.72 ERA, made the All-Star team, and finished 9th in NL Cy Young voting. The veteran lefty who has spent the majority of his career in a Dodgers uniform spent more than a month on the injured list with shoulder inflammation last year, but also dealt with injuries in 2018 and 2019 as well. But... He was completely healthy to pitch in the 2020 postseason and dominated during his last three outings, which consisted of five straight scoreless innings while striking out seven batters. And as I previously just mentioned on this show already, Aaron Sanchez was absolutely electric the last time he was healthy in 2016. During his best year in the big leagues, Sanchez showcased a 95-mile-per-hour sinker, the same velocity four-seam fastball, a curveball that generated a 1.59 batting average from opposing hitters, and a changeup that manifested similar results. But the best part about all these signings is that all three pitchers are healthy again. I'm not saying all three of them will be Cy Young candidates, but along with Gosman and Smiley, I'm saying they will be able to return to a form that's beneficial not only to the team, but it's also going to be beneficial to reshaping the rest of their careers. So the only reason why the front office doesn't get an A-plus in the starting pitching category is because none of these names are Jake Rizzi But I still love all three of these acquisitions, so I'm still going to give them an A. And for the offseason as a whole, I'm going to go ahead and give them an A-minus. Yes, there were some A-pluses here and there, but I think the B-plus weighed them down a little bit when it came to left-handed hitting options. But hey, A-minus is still a great grade. I rarely got those grades in high school. But hey, enough about me. Folks, that is going to be all for today's show of the Say Hey Podcast. Again, you can find the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and you can leave a review and a rating if you feel so inclined on Apple Podcasts. Giants Baseball is right around the corner, everybody, which means I'm going to be posting more frequently here pretty soon. So be sure to come back in order to stay up to date and informed as possible. All right, everybody, continue to stay safe out there. Please continue to be smart, but most importantly, go Giants.